Shantae, and welcome to a very intimate episode of Branding for Believers. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why I say intimate episode is because typically what I would do at pod class is I would be standing out there in front of a podium or, you know, in front of the monitors and I would be facilitating. But what I decided to do today, especially because we're getting so close to the Believing Bigger book release, I decided I wanted to have a conversation about what it really means to believe bigger and the struggle to believe bigger because we pay lip service to it on social media and, you know, we'll give all kinds of hashtags, you know, hashtag blessed. And not to say that we aren't, but the fact of the matter is there's a real gap between the life we want and the life that we have and what comes in the middle of that in terms of what makes it difficult to believe bigger. And so I'm sitting here with, in a very close circle with my, my pod class attendees and we're just going to have that conversation. So I just kind of want to facilitate a little bit of a dialogue and just raise the, the first question. When you think about where people are in life, and where they want to be, and you think about the gap in between, what is it that makes it so difficult to believe bigger? Um, I think a lot of times we always say fear, you're supposed to be fearless, but it really is a fear of the unknown. Like, how do you actually get there? What are the actions and the steps that you have to do to get to actually get there? And if and will it actually work is one of the things too. Okay, so part of what makes it difficult is the fact that, okay, um, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, we're stepping into uncharted territory. We have these big dreams. But we're not entirely certain how we're going to get there. Why else? What, why is it such a struggle to, to believe bigger? I think another reason is like if you have kids and they have a lot of activities like sports and stuff like that. And then by the time you get home, you're so tired to like really focus on what you want to do with your dreams, too. So I think that's one part of it. Busy. You know what? I'm going to, um, so I'm glad that you said that because a lot of people say, you know, well, I'm not really afraid. I'm just busy. I just don't have time. And, you know, in the last episode, I talked about limiting beliefs. We say, you know, we don't have time or I don't have money or I can't afford that. But when it's something that you really want to do, you know, when it's someplace that you really want to go, you know, and it's something that you really want to have possession of, you will find a way. You will find the time. So my question is, do you think that sometimes people use busy or work or kids, you know, as kind of like a convenient, I don't, I'm going to say it, excuse, you know, for why they're not doing things. How do you feel about, about that? Um, I mean, you're right. That probably can be an excuse, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's all really tied back to, um, what she stated. I think it's all rooted in fear. Um, because you said, oh, well, I'm busy. I think, you know, it's connected to what you said as well, an excuse, you know, but it's procrastination, which is at the core of it all is fear, I believe. So I, I believe that it's all rooted in fear. You know, at the end of the day, we can make excuses or, you know, procrastinate and, and feel like, oh, well, I have time, you know, I'll get to it. But at the stem of it all, it, it's really fear that's holding us back, I believe. So that makes me raise the question, you know, and Khalid, I'm going I'm to turn this one to you. What is it that we're afraid of? Um, I think mainly we're mostly afraid of failure and, um, you know, not being able to overcome that failure or, you know, some people uh, look at failure as the end all be all instead of, you know, going back to the drawing board, figuring out what you can learn from it and how to get better. So I think that's probably the, the main thing people are afraid of. 
I'm glad that you bring that up because uh, one of my favorite books, and I actually teach this at the college, um, is Failing Forward by John Maxwell. Great book. And the thing about failing forward is, is that, okay, let's be honest in this circle. In what areas of life have we learned more? Have we learned more from success or have we learned more from failure? Failure, right? For sure, right? So failure is an excellent teacher. And so if we're afraid to fail, what we're really saying is that we're afraid of the lessons that need to be learned, even though the lesson is for our benefit, it's for our development and our growth. And one of the things that we don't talk about is what are the real consequences of living afraid? What are, what are the consequences when you decide not to pursue it? What are the consequences? Because let's be honest, you know, many of us, you know, we've gone to school or gone to college and, you know, we wanted to major in something that we really felt we were good at or something that we were really passionate about. But then, you know, somebody with fear came along and said, what? How much money does that make? How much does that pay? Or what are you going to do with that? And that sort of thing. And you just, so they project their fears into, into your life. Um, at the same time, sometimes it's just us, you know, like you said, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. Sometimes we say, oh, I'm too busy or I have the kids, but I want to talk about the consequences. So when you don't show up, when you don't answer the call, I'm always saying that when you don't answer the call. So think about what you've been called to do. Think about who you've been called to serve or to inspire or to um, just generate hope or a spark of, of inspiration or innovation in somebody. What are the consequences when, when we don't show up? So when fear sets in, when we don't answer the call, what are the consequences? What are the, the social consequences of that? Because that's not the conversation that we, we have enough of. Um, sometimes the consequences you're going to look back and feel bad about it or feel guilty about it or wish you had tried and instead of trying. You know what I mean? You will. Regrets. You, you, yeah, a lot, plenty of regrets. And then you look back and say, why didn't I do this? Or why did I, you know, get scared to try it or let someone talk me out of it? And, you know, you have a lot of regrets. And you live with it forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, so part of part of the social consequences are regrets. What else? What are some of the other consequences when you when you choose not to show up? frustration because you will try to make something work that's not working knowing that that's not what you were called to do and I remember taking jobs where I was like no this is what you said you wanted and I'll get it and I hate it but I will try to make it work and it was frustrating because that wasn't what I was called to do or be at, at that time exactly you know Khalid I don't know if you've ever had this experience you know so uh, for those of you listening I'm sitting in a room full of women and I have a male attendee here and and I'm excited because like all of the attendees today are like new so Khalid thank you so much we actually he actually just told me reminded me he said um you know we've tweeted one another so I'm always excited when I get to see people like in real life versus this virtual life that we live in but you know for the ladies I'm sure you can relate to trying to like put on a pair of pants that just doesn't it's not you know, and you suck it up and you try to shake, 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 and you just try to make it work, you know, and it's not working. That's that's the frustration. You know, that's when when you show up, you know, to a job or to a lifestyle that, you know, it's, it's not you, you know, but it's safe and it's practical and it pays the bills. And yet it generates all of this misery. All of that is rooted in fear. And it's a national problem. You know, 84% of Americans report that they have a job that they are not fulfilled in, a job that, that they hate. And then, you know, Tara, you raised the point earlier. You said, well, sometimes it's the kids and sometimes that's legit. Sometimes you just want to be committed, you know, to your children and things like that. But here's the thing about kids. Kids grow up and leave you. 
you know, kids grow up, move out independent on your own. And now you're like, okay, now I can get started. But sometimes you missed your beat. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you missed your lane. And that's not to say that you can't ever go back and you can't ever start over. But the, the key is, is that sometimes when the call is strong, when the energy is there, um, you have to seize that moment. You have to see that while those connections are available, while you can reach out and still touch and talk and speak to people. Um, so I want to shift a little bit and I want to move on to the book, to the book itself, um, Believe in Bigger. And China, I'm going to call you out because you're actually a member of the launch team. So you've had an opportunity to look at the book and and some of the things that it's saying to you. Um, go ahead and give the group a little bit of a sneak preview about what people can expect from Believe in Bigger. Um, so, oh, it's so much. <laughs> but I was just thinking, it kind of really touches on, you touch on fear a lot, you touch on believing bigger, you address a lot of childhood things, like there's a chapter on it about fathers uh, and that role in your life, and even just, um, even just the stuff that you speak into your life. And that was one of my favorite things. Like, I know in the beginning of the book, it was like, um, you used to like shake it to the left or some like childhood songs that we used to say, oh, yes. I got your boyfriend, I got your yes. man. Yes. And it was like, you, we didn't know how much power were in, in those words that you said, like for, as a kid. So that was one of them. Um, I know I put my testimony up on Facebook, but one of the biggest ones for me was a chapter about scarcity and how we hold on so tight when actually you're like kind of blocking your blessings by doing that. So that's, I guess that's a good overview of the book. It's really good. <laughs> no, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, the reason, just to give you guys, you know, some insight about believing bigger, one of the things that I ask, one of the questions that I raise in the book, um, it's really all about dealing with you and your issues because here's the thing, we don't deal with ourselves. We don't deal with our stuff. We can point to Kanye and say, look what Kanye is doing. We can point to Kim Kardashian and say, look at those Kardashians. We can point to Donald Trump and say, whatever we're gonna say about Donald Trump. But we don't look at ourselves. We don't deal with our stuff, you know, and the stuff that we're dealing with, the things that make us afraid, those things didn't just happen. It's a culmination of things. It's a culmination of things that create this fear dynamic. And one of the things that I talk about in the chapter is there's a chapter called block call. And so a lot of times we're throwing prayers up, you know, we pray for things to happen and things like that. But sometimes our prayers don't get answered because our heart is full of unforgiveness. That's something that we hate to talk about, you know, because the first thing that we say is, well, you don't know what happened. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. Um, some of you don't know it, but 2012 was a really rough year for me. My uncle, the only uncle I have, loved him from, you know, he kind of stepped in as a father figure for me. Murdered. Came back from Bible study one night, went out to walk the dog. Ten minutes later, my aunt's house is surrounded by police cars, you know. And, you know, a lot of times people ask us, well, do you do you hate him? Do you Do you have, you know, bitterness towards him? You know, do you forgive him? Like, how do you feel about that? And... Our answer is holding on to that hatred, holding on to that. It's not going to bring my uncle back, you know, so why would we allow him to have more bang for his buck? You know, but now not only have you taken our uncle away, but now you've taken away our ability to be free, you know, and live our lives, you know, beyond this tragedy. But forgiveness is one of those things, you know, that blocks us. And so when I tell people that, you know, I can sit down and give you strategy all day long. But the one thing that I can't know is what's in your heart. 
you can tell me anything, okay? You can tell me what you want to be, what you want to do, what you're aspiring to be, but I don't know what happened eight years ago that you're still holding on to, that you still feel some kind of way about, that you can't look somebody in the eye about. I, I, that I can't touch, you know? And it's not like, oh, well, those strategies didn't work. There's a deeper level that Dr. Shante can't touch. There's a deeper level where, you know, you just have to deal with you. And so I wanted to have this conversation about, you know, the struggle to believe bigger um, and the consequences when we don't show up. Because also um, people don't get their blessings. So somebody's waiting to, to see you. Somebody's waiting to be inspired by you. Somebody's waiting to get what you have to offer. And sometimes we talk ourselves out of it, you know, for, for various reasons. But then that person doesn't get what they need to move forward. And so, uh, Khalid, we were talking a little earlier and you said, you know, you do music production and things like that. And of course, there's tons of like, you know, music producers and things like that out there. But there's a, a, a sound, okay? There's something that is going to resonate with somebody that all the other music people in the industry cannot touch, you know? So it's those types of things that, that, that clog our, our lines and, and hold us back. And I just want to go around the table one time. So just one question. So think about your answer. Um, and we'll end it like this. What is the one thing that you are believing bigger about? So if you could fast forward snapshot of your life a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, I am believing bigger for what? I believe bigger because the people that surround me, for an example, I mean, like you, for an example, I mean, I haven't read your book, but just looking on social media and seeing, you know, the things that you accomplished. And you're very smart and intelligent young woman. Thank you. So that, that's, that, and I mean, I know it's possible too, by looking at other people that's in my life too. So that's what I, that's why I think bigger. Okay. Um, and my family as well. And your family, you know, your family members need to see you succeed. Something that a lot of people are always surprised by when they say, you know, like, how long have you been doing this, Dr. Shante? And I'm like, not even three years. It won't be three years until June. And people are like, shut up, you know. But the one thing that I can say is that I have always been consistent. I have never not once thought that this was something to cast aside. It's like, no, this is, it's like poker. Not that I play. Um, you know, because I just, I don't, I'm I don't want to say I'm cheap, but I'm not the type of person that, I can't gamble. Okay, I know I'm making a total digression, but I'll tell you this story. One time, I had went to New Orleans and somebody, w and we had passed a, a Harris Casino. And they were like, come on, let's go in here, let's go in here. And I was like, I don't want to go in here, you know, like, I need my coins. And people were like, no, you got to do it. So I went in there and I had $1. I had $1, I put it in the slot machine, I pulled the lever, and I won $5. I slapped that table. I said, I'm cashing out. Like, I'm done. Like, I said, I, I, I'm leaving here with more than I came with. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Let's just go. So I'm not that person to just like, oh, I got the hot hand. No. But when I, I do know that when I'm like consistent and I, I dig in and I, I put all my chips on the table and I go forward, that things will happen. Okay. So what do you believe in bigger for? Similar to what she stated, I mean, I'm believing bigger. Um, I, I want to do so much, um, and I have so many goals and aspirations. And um, it's funny that I'm here today because I, I didn't want to come. And, you know, fear has been one of those things. It's been so crippling, especially the last um, couple of weeks and the last few days. Is I feel like I'm 
you know, getting into this space of like depression. And I've never been like that. And so when you said, you know, you have to get to the root cause of, you know, what it is that's holding you back, you know, and that's something I've been praying about, fasting about everything. Like, okay, what is it like? Why am I so scared? You know, what is this fear? Where is this fear coming from? And and like you said, um, how do we get from that that place of I want to I'm here and I want to be here? Um, What's that middle ground? And I've been asking myself that a lot lately. Like, what is that middle ground? Like, how do I make the connection? How do you bridge the gap? Yeah. You came to the right place. And, you know, and that's very real. The thing is, is that that's another consequence of fear that we don't really talk about. But when fear really sets down into your spirit, it can depress you. And the reason why it depresses you is because you are stuck in a place that you're not meant to be. You weren't called to be stagnant. You weren't called, you know, to work a job, you know, that you hate, you know, you were called to do something bigger. And so depression begins to set in when your spirit is, the spirit of fear is at war with the spirit that wants to do more. So I'm glad actually that you showed up here today. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in coincidences. So hopefully you will get the fuel that you need, you know, during the rest of these uh, tapings to, to get what you need to do to move forward. Okay. Yeah, um, ditto what, I'm sorry to say your name again. Wanda said, uh, I think, Fear has definitely, you know, crippled my uh, some of my ideas. But um, lately, I've been believing bigger in myself and just coming to spaces like this to share those fears and you know talk talk through it. Um, especially with my music, because I've mostly been a producer and manager for uh, the time I've been in the industry, and it's more behind the scenes, which I'm more comfortable with. Um, but this year is like. First time I'm like getting out there as a solo artist. All right. And, uh, you know, putting together my first album. So, really excited about that and just, you know, believing in myself and, like you said, creating a sound that can, uh, can resonate with a, a certain group of people and not, not trying to, you know, sound like anybody else, just doing what comes from my heart and, you know, believing bigger in that. So, so let me tell you how awesome it is that, that you said that. So, Khalid is working on his first solo album and things like that. And eight minutes ago, you know who walked in the door? One of my clients who specializes in promoting musical artists from bringing people from behind the scenes to the forefront, you know, and putting that perception of what you want your music to be in your hands. And so for those of you listening, this is the power of showing up. This is the power of getting out of bed uh, when you RSVP to something to actually come and show up because you will miss your beat. You know, like your blessing was there waiting for you, but you missed it. It's, I watch a lot of football. Don't judge me, ladies. I watch a lot of football. And the thing is, is that, you know, it's frustrating when the receiver misses the pass. It's like the quarterback threw it perfectly and they just didn't run the right route. You know, they weren't paying attention or they were not focused and things like that. And that's what happens with our blessings. Like God put it in the atmosphere. It's already out there. It's waiting for you and you went a different route. You know, you didn't show up that day, you know, you were unfocused. And so the fact that you came here, you ran your route. Now your blessing, you know, is here. It was already in the atmosphere. I felt that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, go ahead, China. Um, I guess I'm believing bigger because I have no choice. I, I like, like I, before I kind of took what people gave me, like I took what jobs I got. I like been passive in life and now I just have no choice but to believe bigger. Anything I want, I'm going to get it. And, um, that's really it. Like I kind of drown myself in motivation. Like I follow you on social media. I have posts all over my house. I will hear something in my dream and get up and write something positive. I get daily scriptures from my dad. Like I literally drown myself in it because I believe that anything I want, I can have. And I didn't think that before. So believe in bigger. I have no choice. All right. I love it. And you know, the word that she used was passivity. Sometimes, you know, 
we're not doing anything. It's like, well, I'm not doing anything bad, but you're not doing anything at all. You know, you're just allowing life to just happen to you. And passivity, you know, it has a set of consequences, too. So I, I love that you said that. Um, I'm just believing bigger for a lot of different things in my life and mainly getting over fear. I noticed how you were saying fear holds you back a lot, and, and I got to really get over a, a lot of things I always wanted to do. Like, I always wanted, as much as I love Chicago, China, I always thought I want to move somewhere high. I always dream living somewhere warm and hot all the time, and mm -hmm. then, um, you know, starting a business, something with the kids' line, like clothes, and, you know, and I know I got to start to get to get there. If yeah. I don't start it, it's never going to. You know, just Happen. getting over fears and stop doubting myself. I've always got a problem with doubting myself and whatever. And I got to really get over all that. But, you know, but let's believe um, just having bigger things in life, not necessarily materialistic, but when you see other people, it makes you strive like you really can, you know, have those things and that kind of, you know. Yeah, that's something that I talk about in the book. You know, I'm going to have a transparent moment. I used to look at people that are that were successful and I promise you, it seemed like every time I turn around, you know, some big thing was happening for them. And of course, in the world of social media, you know, that can make you feel some kind of way. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, oh, they must have had the hookup or, you know, oh, I wish I did have thousands of dollars to pay for that coaching program and things like that. But never once did I consider maybe they had faith yeah. and maybe they had faith that that they put into action. You know, the thing is, is that and I will never forget. Somebody told me, she said, you know, the difference between anybody else in Oprah. She said the difference is information and action, information and action. And so China, when you say I surround myself in positivity, that's information. But the missing piece is action. You know, just like you said, you know, it's like, yeah, I hear it. I see it. I read it. But what are you doing with it? And so, you know, what Oprah did, she took action. What does Beyonce do? She takes action. And whether you love them, hate them, whatever you feel about them, the bottom line is you cannot deny that they have stayed in action. And so, you know, this is actually a, a perfect way to end. It's a perfect way that's going to segue into the next two episodes that we have, you know, but the struggle to believe bigger listeners, you know, I want you guys to know that I get it. I have been there. I have thrown everything that's in that book about, you know, um, feeling some kind of way and and wondering, you know, why them and not me and all. I have been there. And it's a dark, raggedy place to be. OK, it is a dark and raggedy place to be. And so my goal is to help pull you up out of the pit because you might never admit your insecurities out loud. But that's why I said believing bigger is all about dealing with you and your faith journey. And yeah, when you go on that journey, some people are going to fall off. Some people that you thought was like your ace, you know, that's that one. No, no. OK, you know, like through this process, you're going to be praying like, OK, God, reveal and remove anybody that's not supposed to be a part of my destiny. And I'm telling you, when you get in action, he absolutely will do it. But as the saying goes, misery loves what company. So when you're not doing anything, you notice how many people there are at the bottom. It's a crowded place to be, you know, and when people say it's lonely at the top, what they're saying is so very few people stay in action to the level where, like China said, I have no choice. This has to work. This must be. And so what depression is, depression is the opposite of action, because when you're depressed, you don't feel like doing anything. You don't want to go anywhere. You know, it's a stagnation place. And we know that's nothing but a trick from the pit. So 
All right. Um, thank you guys. So I'm not even going to turn it over to reflections because we've been reflecting the whole episode and I so appreciate you guys for it. So, um, listeners, if watchers, viewers, you know that you can always tweet me out, hit me up on Instagram. You know, I respond right now. I'm sort of busy with the book, but I promise I will get to you. I will respond to you because I trust me, I'm not at that status yet where my secretary has to be like, you know, she'll, she'll pencil you in. You know, I, I'm not there yet. Okay. So I, I will definitely respond if you guys reach out to me. So thank you guys so much for this episode. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.